Paradise Lost. Found it. Hello everyone, my name is Jerry. Welcome to Kill the Cast. Today we have a special episode that we're going to get into, but as always, I am joined by the ever-quotable Jay. It's going to get wet in here tonight. Lace up your boots, kitties. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I like that one. And the Silent Hill biker himself, Kenneth. Yep, I'm always here and have a whole lot of shit to say. As always. But we are joined by an even special guest who is here to grace all of us with his presence. And that would be Leslie Vernon, the man behind the mask, Nathan I was about to say Bazell. Basil. I know, but I was about to say Bazell. I don't know why. You've ruined Na- it. I've ruined everything. Nathan, Basil, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good. Uh, it's good to talk to you guys. All right. So before we uh, get into anything, uh, Jay, what have you been doing this past week? Uh, working like a motherfucker, man. The Our department is so understaffed, it's ridiculous. Uh, I know those I've things. had the other day I had to do a like I had to tell the system I took a lunch and then keep working because there was just no way to get it all done. I almost did that today, actually. Uh, Kenneth, what have you been up to? Selling Girl Scout cookies. My daughter, man, I'm telling you, I've never seen something that is so just crazy and, and keeps you on your toes as selling Girl Scout cookies. You wouldn't think it. But when you get out there, man, I mean, these people are ruthless. You know, I might I mean, punch someone in the face for a box of tag alongs. I'm just dude, saying I'm telling you, man. I mean, it's like you get out there and people are, are nuts. They're like, Girl Scout, Girl Scout, Girl Scout. And I'm like, hey, man, take a step back. Let my daughter breathe. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. Uh, Nathan, what have you been up to? Oh, gosh, I don't even the too much to break it down. But um, uh, yeah, things have been busy. Um and <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, well, it's probably it's, a good thing in your line of work, I would imagine. Oh, not not professionally, just uh, life. Life has been busy. Oh, just, gotcha. You know how it does. Absolutely. It has a. It just runs away with you sometimes. That's true. I I, I can feel you on that. As for me, uh, I've been doing nothing. I got new. I got uh, more laser disc in, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, Jason and the Argonauts on Laserdisc, and I'm super That's excited awesome. to watch that again. Uh, Classic. Yeah, and I got Jaws, Jaws 2, and I got the Abbott and Costello Meet the Monsters collection, so I'm really excited to watch Abbott and Costello uh, Meet Frankenstein in black and white on my TV. Yeah. Even though I have the movie like three times now on Blu-ray, <laughs> why not have it on Laserdisc? So, they play it on uh, Spanguli all the time, and uh, the, the whole collection of... Um, of Abbott and Costello with the Universal Monsters, and uh, um, do you guys ever watch Spanguli? It's uh, yes. uh, on Saturday nights. Yeah, uh, they played a lot there. So uh, me and my boys have had a chance to watch those movies a lot. Uh, yeah. Awesome. The only thing I'm upset about is the the box set Laserdisc that I got does not ha- they, all of the collections of the Abbott and Costello Meet the Monsters always excludes. Abbott and Costello meet the killer, which is where they do a movie with Boris Karloff, but he's not Frankenstein's monster or, or anything like that. He's just a random killer. Right, right. I think I've seen that one too. And it's yeah. really, it's really, really good, but it's it's not on there. So that's Boris one that Karloff I saw. Boris Karloff is really, really good. He's such, oh, a, have such you, a good actor. Have you ever seen the movie from 1934 called The Black Cat with Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff? 
Yes, I have. Uh, they played it on Sven Um uh, I had a chance to watch it there. Um, yeah, wow. The the two the two of them together, um, especially after, um, you know, a movie like Ed Wood, where it feels like you know you you have a sense that that uh, Boris Karloff was almost a nemesis of of uh, of uh, Bela Lugosi. Bela Lugosi. Um, you know, it's really interesting to see the two of them together. It's almost like heat, you know, with uh, De Niro and, and Pacino. Which right. Jerry has a oh copy God. that I gave him that I he will still watch hasn't it. watched I, yet. I swear, Jay, I will watch it. Uh, also, I have Ed Wood on Blu-ray. I love that movie. It is yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah. So, well, without further ado, guys, we, uh, we've got questions for uh, Mr. Nathan here. Now, one thing I want to touch on real quick. Nathan, I, instead of leaving it to the end, I want you to kind of pimp it out now. Uh, mm. You teach acting, correct? Oh, yeah. Yep. At uh, yep. uh, Deviate Studios? Yep. So yep. I, give us a rundown of what that's like. What's what's going on there? Uh, we're doing something that uh, we like to think is, uh, is pretty new. Um, it's a real... Um, collaboration between the idea of what an acting studio is traditionally is and and also a, a, a heavy interest that my partner and I have in working on the production end of things and so we're we're integrating those two uh, components um, in a way that we feel is really exciting and really unique um, uh, certainly from having had a lot of acting classes I can tell you I've never had one like this and one that I feel like is is uh it's i think uh positioned to get really really good results yeah uh, consistently so um i'm excited about uh the curriculum with where it's at and where it's continuing to go yeah i actually liked it on the the website where you said you call this system foolproof and dares you to <laughs> prove him wrong and i yeah. was like that's something right there that i'm like i'm signing up for that well i mean <laughs> you know i, I what I'm interested in as a teacher, I'm interested in self-expression. And so I, I, I don't, I have so much less, uh, consideration and interest in, uh, somebody who is designing a foolproof performance in, in the way that that tends to get thought of. What I care about is that a person is showing up fully and expressing themselves fully. I believe in doing that. They will, um, guarantee them their performance is going to be, uh, you know, relevant and relatable. Um, so that's what I tend to, I, I figure, you know, get the person to show up and, and, uh, the, the quality of their work will take care of the rest. And, and I tend to <laughs> have never been proved wrong. Well, there you go. That's that, awesome. Yeah, man. That puts it out. And that actually leads into my first question because it deals with with how good of an actor you are. So one of the one of the great things you do in this movie is perfectly landing someone who is a hundred percent confident, but still slightly socially awkward, as where they can't really <laughs> tell what the people around them are feeling. Like uh you make jokes like it's nothing about stuff that makes other uncomfortable. It's like a comparison, like so there's a scene where you've already picked out the girl and you're telling yeah. them and it's like you, you, you and they're already cooked bacon on a cooking show. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah. that's great writing, <laughs> but just the way you sell it 
right. was just perfect. And it's these small things, like when Eugene is talking and cutting up vegetables. Right. And you can tell, like, Taylor's acting, it's scaring her, but, like, just your tiny smirk in the back. Right. Like, they, they, right. you're so into it. Like, it's always small things like that that make me really appreciate a role, really make me appreciate how much someone is doing to sell that role. So, are you, like, when you're teaching acting or when you go into, do do you tell them, hey, make sure you do these these small things that your character would do in the background that no one may never notice, but that no, one person no, who knows will love it. I, I, no, I, I, I would say, you know, do work that is, is as uh, fully alive as you can do and, you know, cross your fingers and hope that you'll come across a project that frames your performance in a way that uh, allows for the subtlety and depth of the work that you're doing to show up. And, you know, Behind the Mask was one of those really uh, all too rare occasions where you can do work that is really nuanced and have that show up. Um, usually it's just, it's very broad strokes and um, you don't get the opportunity to see uh, that kind of life in the background. So uh, uh, Behind the Mask was also a really uh, rare opportunity to, um, do the kind of work that I enjoy doing. And I think that helped, um, because, you know, the care I'm playing a character who loves what he's doing. So, um, you know, it kind of, it, it works out that way pretty, pretty consistently. Yeah. It is fantastic. Like some of the chemistry between, uh, Angela who plays Taylor and you is fantastic. Um, specifically the scene where after she leaves the diner and y'all have the intense scene of you confronting her her about her confronting the the aka final girl right uh, how intense was that like was that did did it take a lot of takes or did y'all just have the chemistry down right that in one two takes you had it knocked out yeah no that's uh i i guess uh, uh how a lot of the scenes play out tends to be you know leslie's doing a lot of talking he's doing a lot of explaining and that was kind of one of them as, as long as i wasn't screwing up lines too bad um we could generally move forward and knock stuff out pretty quick um and that's what we um you know generally tried to do and generally succeeded in doing especially with those the the documentary style um, shooting, we were able to get in, you know, get it done and get out real quick. Um, and that was one of those instances up against the van. Um, and yeah, we were just able to move really great. Great. Um, Angela is, she's <laughs> awesome. And, uh, you know, it was really easy to develop a real, um, relationship with her. And, um, and so, yeah, when we were doing that scene, um, sh oh, that was also one of the scenes that we auditioned with. We auditioned together with that scene. Wow. And, um, it was really um, intense in the room then, I, I can remember. Um, so I already knew that it, it was going to be, we were going to be able to take it to some really screwed up places. Um, and uh, we were able to frame it in a way that uh, was, was interesting. That's awesome. That, that also, by the way, was um, Robert England had just come to set and um, he was checking out what he got himself into. <laughs> and um, He'd shot his stuff, but he decided to stick around. Uh, he, he watched uh, Angela and I work out this scene and uh, he pulled me aside at one point and he's like, what you're doing, man? 
it's really good right on track. And uh, you remind me of the young Anthony Perkins. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. wow. That must have made you feel I so good. I just got the greatest endorsement right now. <laughs> I can't. That's I, amazing. I, I cannot do wrong. I just got, you know, the man's endorsement. Uh, I can, I can, I can move on. Yeah, because Anthony Perkins is an amazing actor. We we're a big fan of him here. We did a review of Psycho Three, the one that he actually got to direct, not only star in. And just oh gosh, I saw that so long. I got to watch that again. Oh man, it is so, like it is way deeper so than most good. people really think. Kenneth and I went so deep on that, and Jay actually for the first time just watched all the Psycho movies. Wow. Yeah, yeah. For for Halloween, we watch we watch a different horror movie every every day in Halloween oh. October. How many and, were there? Uh, there's only four. There's four, and then there four, is a TV movie and a TV series. Yes, right. But really, right. you I only need to four. watch the first yeah. three. The fourth isn't that bad. It is terrible. Be quiet. Uh, the series <laughs> was decent. What is Anthony Perkins in that? Yes. Yeah. He's in it. Kind it's, of. it's a it's a flashback kind of movie. Uh, he's calling a radio station, and he's uh, he's like not killed anybody for such a long time. And he's like, man, I really feel like killing somebody again. Uh, and, he's, and he's talking to the this talk show and he's talking about his life as a kid. And it kind of shows him growing up with his mom and stuff like that. Oh, that's, that's weird. But you know what? Yeah, it I was can, terrible. Yeah. It it's is not terrible. terrible. God, it's guys. so awkward. Uh, it, it's awkward between him and his mom and I'm from Alabama and I'm still saying that. <laughs> so let's just, huh. okay. Uh, all right, I got another question that also involves acting. I'm, if you haven't tell, I'm really into how people act things. I have a question that involves acting. Bam, we got two more questions that involve acting. All I right. got tons. I'll throw in some. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the killing of Todd shows how dedicated Leslie is to this. It's a powerful moment downplayed by very subtle acting. To me, it actually seems that the acting even cha- even changes when the dot cameras turn off and it becomes more of a standard movie now during the final act when it becomes a slasher did you change the way you were acting or is it just uh him becoming leslie vernon and since he no longer has to be talking with the documentary team and it's just him did it change your acting like to me in my head the, the acting for everybody completely changes when it becomes no longer a documentary but a uh a quote-unquote slasher movie right yeah well uh he uh makes it very clear throughout the documentary part of the movie that uh he takes his work very seriously and uh he is not just uh committed to the philosophy that uh in order for good to exist there has to be evil he is uh, uh, convinced or he's, uh, you know, lying very, uh, persuasively that he believes he needs to become an embodiment of evil, absolute pure evil. Um, and I felt like, uh, that was pretty scary that that was a scary idea uh when juxtaposed to the fact that we've just spent the 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 last 45 minutes um getting to know this guy and almost liking him um you know it felt to me like that was a 
a terrifying, uh, a more terrifying choice um, rather than just acting like a bad guy, acting evil, um, like a mustache twisting villain. Um, <laughs> it was it was far more terrifying to see somebody that we thought we knew um, be absolutely mindlessly horrific. And, um, and I went that way and most of the time it doesn't show up. That's the only time that you see him with, without the mask on, um, is that scene with Todd that you were talking about. Um, so that's a really interesting scene because it's the only time that you see that there's a conflict or that there's somebody underneath the mask other than just a machine. Yeah. Oh man. When he takes off your mask, it's so subtle, but just the way you're looking at him and and him, him being like, Hey, we were, weren't we kind of friends? And then you you kill him anyway. And it's just like, okay guys, he was, he really is dead set on this. No matter how much you liked him, he is dead set on accomplishing his goals. And to me, that's the scene where it really, really hits. And it's interesting. The only time that you know that it's me as, as, as the boy, as Leslie Vernon, um, you know, the rest of the time I have a mask on and I could, you know, it could have just been a, you know, stunt double the, the rest of that time. But it's the, that's the one scene where um, and I guess the, the, the very final scene um, where you can see that, that there's somebody under the under the mask, you know. Very much so. And it, it, like I was saying, it, it, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm one of those people that when I watch a movie, I do my best to try to put myself in the position of some of the characters. And, and I was thinking to myself to be the guy that was looking up at Leslie Vernon and taking his mask off and trying to grasp a hold of that somewhat uh, pseudo relationship that they had had. You know, and and then it not being there, and then you're basically, you know, those are the last moments of your life, and you're looking at somebody that you thought was your friend and is not. That, right. on top of the fact of seeing this, you know, this 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 person that is basically hell bent on to the point of where you know you're you're looking into these cold black soulless eyes that is focused on one thing. That that in itself, I mean, to me, that was the most terrifying moment in the entire movie. Is that right there? <laughs> Because that, you know, you go, like you were saying, you go from this this likable dude who's got, you know, kind of a comedic aspect to him and he's slightly awkward and so on to this just absolute, I mean, just brutal killer. It, 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 it was, that was a fantastic pinnacle for me. That was actually my favorite scene in the entire movie. Well, and what's neat about it for me is that it, it it's it's, you know, not as cut and dry as he's just a a machine on a mission um there is a moment where um you where it seems like um todd might be able to talk his way out of it um where leslie seems to hesitate and uh you know that was an opportunity to to you know demonstrate that that uh um you know, there's there's something human still here uh, underneath all that. Um, so, and then I feel like that's really incredibly terrifying is to see somebody wa- wavering maybe a little bit, you know, and you might be able to you might be able to make it out of this alive, and uh, and then you see that that cloud go back over the eyes, and um, you see that he's 
all the more committed to what he's going to do. Right. It was amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah. Like, and Leslie's Leslie being so committed to this, how much of that is your own personality? How much of uh, in Leslie, do you have your own personality of being committed to an acting role, to a character really getting into it? Oh, the whole thing, (laughs) the whole thing was me. I, I, Besides I, the killing of people, everything was him. <laughs> well, no, really, I mean, I, I, I that was that was tricky trying to figure out how to uh, how to get behind that agenda, you know. Um, but uh, once I once I realized that um, that Leslie really did believe, um, it, it was almost uh, stoic um, uh, in philosophy where he he justifies murder he justifies death and killing and uh and mayhem he justifies it all um philosophically he's he's 100% um uh unapologetically uh about what he's doing um and uh once i really had that discovery about him I felt like, oh, this is great. I don't have to apologize for anything. He, he doesn't apologize for anything that he believes. He's, if you don't believe what he believes, he understands why. Not anybody is going to be able to get behind that kind of agenda. But um, he doesn't ask you to believe. He, he just asks you to follow along. Um, you know, um, the, the, the rest of it is just... He's he's a guy who feels like he's on the verge of something amazing, and I felt very much at the time that I was on the verge of something amazing career-wise. Um, you know, we we had we chose different professions, uh, Leslie and I, but um, <laughs> you know, we were both at the same that same place in our lives. And you know, I I felt like I was about to springboard off into a, you know an amazing Hollywood career. And uh, and he felt like he was about to springboard off into the pantheon of uh, of slashers, and uh, you know, and so that was that we were on the same track there. It was easy to portray that. Nice, and that's something I want to hit on later. Is is what can come from this? But Jay, you said you had an a- an acting question. I want to hear. Yeah, yeah. It's not uh, it's not as in depth as as your questions, uh-huh. but I was just curious. How do you, how did you prepare for the role as what could be a new a new slasher villain? Did you like watch a bunch of slasher movies? Um, is there a oh, favorite gosh. slasher you have that you just try to channel? Anything like that? This I, is also like the number one question I got when I asked people because I have fan questions. The number one question is how did you get into being a slasher? What movies did you watch? Who's your favorite slasher? So this will be a good opportunity. Because I'm sure this has been asked to you a lot. So here's another good opportunity to let everyone know. <laughs> how I how I prepared for the role, do you mean? Uh, how you prepared for the role. Did you watch any slasher movies to get well, into I, yeah, it? I felt I felt a lot of responsibility for pulling pulling it off. You know, so um, I'd intended to watch all of them, at least the ones that I reference um, directly. Uh, in the script, so, you know, I, I felt an honest to do all this. What I got around to watching was Friday the 13th, the first one. Um, I'd already seen uh, prior, I'd seen uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets one through three, but um, uh, that was, gosh, a long time ago. And uh, 
Um, so yeah, I didn't, I wasn't very well versed, but, um, but fortunately for me, I, um, was, it's in the script, you know, everything that he does, everything that he, you know, says and, and believes it's all, it's all there in the script. The writing was, did, did all the work for me. I realized that I don't have to, I don't have to know every single thing about, you know, the slasher genre. These guys have have done their homework and if if I you know can get behind the lines and say them correctly then um you know they've they've done the work so I just trust them um and uh, you know and 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 when it came to um actually doing the the more cinematic elements of it you know where you see uh, the Leslie with the mask on and he's doing his business. Um, I, I heavily relied on, uh, the director and, uh, and the writer, um, for their expertise because, um, there were physicalizations that I wasn't familiar with. And, uh, you know, I remember on the first day of shooting, I was, I was doing all kinds of stuff. I don't know what I was doing. And the director came up and he, <laughs> Like, you know, you just, you don't have to do anything. Just stand there. Just stand there. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll still just stand there. feels like I'm not doing anything. It's, yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I think it might've uh, gone a completely different direction if I hadn't had his coaching there and, uh, and his expertise with slashers. Gotcha. So you didn't have, so I, and I've heard other actors talk about this before also where they talk about uh sometimes you do not have to make a character because they've made the character for you there's no you creating their childhood it's all there on the paper and if you can nail what they've presented to you you're going to have a great character and he definitely nailed it man yeah and it sounds like this was the case and and for the writer you've worked with him again on a short that i'm I'm waiting to be released yeah if you have any information on that i'd love to know it I don't. I've got to. I've, I've got to uh, nail them down on that. Uh, I I know that uh, they went back and and shot. There was some scenes that they had to do to uh, to uh, pick up, so they had to get the band back together. They shot that stuff, and um, I'm assuming it's at some point in the edit right now. But uh, I, I need to find out from him when he's uh, planning on completing that and screening it. Um, but yeah, um, um, Stevie uh, was. I mean, the, the script was brilliant and it, it was just, it read clean and it, and it read really interestingly and, and just screamed, uh, you know, so much of the work is done for you. All you got to do is not screw it up, you know, to, to basically everybody that was involved with it. I, I think, I think we all had the same feeling about it. As, as long as we didn't get in its way, the script was going to take care of itself, uh, was going to take care of the movie. Um, and I think a lot can be said in, in that having been accomplished, you know, this, the script was just really, really tight and really well executed. And, uh, and, you know, all, all we had to do was show up and, and, you know, have, have a good shoot and execute cleanly on, on a script that was already really, uh, just well constructed. Gotcha. There, there was not a lot of need to improv here. It, it was, it was all set very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was all set up very well, and uh, there was room, definitely wiggle room, and I was grateful for that because I tend to, um, I like to play. You know, it's, it's, it's 
fun part of the process for me if you have an opportunity to to just kind of play around and try different things and see what works um and we were given a, a lot of leash to run around on and you know i'm grateful for that because a, a lot of the rest of my career I, I haven't had that kind of uh that that kind of freedom been given you know gotcha I, and i'd love to see, honestly like I love when an actor gets to go, yeah, that role, I got to, I got wiggle room. I got to play around with it and bring something of themselves into it instead of just going straight off with the script, which I don't have a problem with that, but it's nice to hear that from an actor just because that's something that they themselves want to do. Yeah. It tends to be pretty process oriented and you got to, um, you know, a pretty tight window. And so you've got to execute and you've got to do a certain number of takes, that kind of thing to make sure your bases are covered. Well, um, we, we moved quick. We, we were able to move really quick, especially with the mockumentary, um, part of it. Uh, we were able to knock out really, really complicated scenes, all that stuff in front of the schoolhouse in the van, um, is so, um, exquisitely choreographed. Um, you know, we're doing it, uh, real time. We're basically talking our way through it real time. There's some edits in there, but there's, it plays out. Um, uh, there are long sequences in there that play out and you're watching, uh, uh, you know, kids exiting the school and uh we're that we're watching different groups we're kind of pointing out different groups um and there's uh, girls doing jump rope and then the um survivor girl um she stops and she's she senses that she's being looked at observed and then she moves on that whole thing is is a five or three and a half minute, maybe um, a sequence that plays out nearly real time. And we were able to set that up and knock it out in probably an hour and a half. Wow. Um, we probably wow. did three takes of, of recording the entire thing all the way through. Um, and then we did some exterior stuff that didn't show up because it was too dark by the time we, but that whole thing took place during sunset. So we had no choice. We had to get it done and we were able to move that fast, just get it in. Um, we could set up the, the choreographed the thing and then we executed, um, cleanly and, and, uh, we were able to move like that pretty, pretty consistently, which that's, that's, that's rare that you get a group that can, uh, collaborate that well. Yeah, because even like um, listening to Adam Green talk about his movies, which are also in in the the low to middle budget movies, he talks about how hard it is if you miss that shot, if you have to do it too many times and you lose your day on an independent movie, it puts you back a lot and it's just not good. So to hear how cleanly y'all were able to get some of those shots, especially one like that, that was so intricate is fantastic. Well, we, um, oftentimes we didn't, we had to, um, we had to improvise with what we were given, you know, um, a really great example of that is, um, the post hole digger scene, um, that, that gag was supposed to be a close up 
chest penetration, pulling out this still beating heart, you know, um, it was going to be a really complicated gag and it wasn't ready to go. That chest cavity thing was still under construction. We had a, an overworked and understaffed, um, uh, effects crew and, and, uh, so, well, well, we got to shoot the thing. We, we don't, we can't afford to lose a night of shooting. We have to shoot something. Um, if the gag's not ready, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> and, um, and so we imp- improvised and we did a, we shot it from way far away, a super wide shot, um, where I'm burying the post hole on the other side of, of, uh, of the, the victim. So it looks like it's penetrating him, but we're so far away. You can't really tell. Um, and then we do a close up of, uh, I think they got a cow heart or a pig heart or something like that, squirted it down with fake blood in his hand. And he's just, you know, it ended up being, um, like a cheesy workaround that ended up in, in my opinion, working really well for us because the, the, genre of slasher that we're really celebrating specifically is you know the late 70s early 80s and and uh that's how they rolled you know they did not have a budget they had to execute and you know and they didn't have complicated gags it wasn't even uh it wasn't even a uh, something that was an option so it ne- it just never came up it was like you just gotta execute and move on and so there's there's a lot of uh you know, elements of a, a gag gone bad or, or some kind of cheesy workaround. But, um, that I, in my opinion, um, I'm glad that we didn't deliver on the gore to the extent that, um, it had originally been conceived and, and intended. I actually nice. really liked that because, uh, ever since I was a young lad, horror fan, <laughs> uh, putting, putting up fence posts on the property, um, I've always thought to myself, I was just like, man, so, I, it would be awesome to see somebody just get totaled with a pair of post hole diggers. <laughs> yeah, so it was awesome. great. You got your dear wish. Yeah, man, it was awesome. <laughs> All right, so let's, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to throw a couple of uh, questions from fans. So you can, you can spend however long you want on them, or you can go really quickly. So our first one's from Andrew. Andrew, I'm going to screw up your last name, but you know I love you. Hogestra, Nathan, how would you approach the character in a sequel format? And uh, how was the pace he had to wear on his face in the original? So two questions. First, what the, the pace you had on your face. Did you enjoy that? Uh, the scene or the, the actual application of I'm, the... I'm assuming he means like the application having to wear it. The goop. Yes. Oh, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. Uh, that was a fun scene to shoot and that was an interesting goop. And, uh, it was, it was, it be, actually became made, made something of a moment, uh, that was interesting that they ended up, uh, uh, using, um, just, uh, kind of peeling the stuff off the kind of effect that it would have when it started drying, you know, it almost kind of made, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Some kind of globular thing, and some it just coagulated. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was neat. Um, but uh, yeah, the rest of the stuff, the eye stuff and the mouth stuff, um, that was weird. I guess I tried to um, 
to be as in character as possible when whenever I had the uh, a scene with the mask on. Um, and so the scenes were I was Leslie, but didn't have the mask on, you know, just had the makeup on mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, those were always uh, a little bit of a relief because, um, you know, the, the mask stuff was pretty intense. Gotcha. So now with with this movie, everyone wants a sequel. Obviously, there was some crowdfunding that did happen, but it did not meet its mark. Now, I'm hoping that one day uh, y'all go back to that crowdfunding and let a lot of us because uh, I feel like crowdfunding is more acceptable now. And it's it yeah. is, and like I feel like if we tried it again, especially with podcasts pushing behind you, that it, it may work. And I'm hoping that one day happens. And I know y'all have had talks about it, so don't give away anything you can't give away. But mm-hmm. how would you approach the character in a sequel format? Um, well, you know, I my tendency of thought is that, um, well, there's already a script. Yes. Um, David Stevie already wrote the script. It's already a great script. In fact, we're selling... Um, comic book series right now that's based on the sequel script now is the comic book out or is it still pre-order uh there the first three issues i think are out and then that's pre-order for the the back Four. three but, for the, okay but, yeah yeah so so that's that's a really interesting um uh iteration of of the sequel but obviously if we um you know ever managed to get a sequel off the ground which is a possibility uh, it's it's just it's such a huge uh, money I will run a commercial on every single podcast <laughs> advertising someone to go to the kickstarter or any go go it's or... going to take that it's going to take a lot of you uh, let me know cuz i will have as many podcasts that's on the horophilia network running that I, I know, I know. There's some that will already just go ahead and do it, right? I know Horror Corridor would do it. I know Twenty Two Shots would do it. I, I know so many podcasts on the network that would do it and that would do whatever we can to to help spread the word. So you just hit me up, and <laughs> we will give you as much free promotion as we can. And I know I'll throw money. I threw three hundred dollars into the Mystery Science Theater three thousand return Kickstarter. So I'll sell nice. some shit to throw into. <laughs> All right, a behind yeah. the mask. Sequel. I'll back it too. We'll back it. We'll back oh, it. Okay. You, I, you I am go too. I, I just anytime, uh, anytime we get get that ball rolling. Um, yeah, I, I'll reach out to you. Um, yeah, I'll it, start the Kickstarter right now. Actually, I'll get the movie funded. <laughs> Maybe wait to see what Scott says about all of that first. I don't know. The thing is, the a real. I, I have a lot of sympathy for um, Scott Glosserman, the the director, executive producer, because. Uh, all, so much of the responsibility for the fundraising um, and uh, is it, going to be on his end. And he already does is so responsible for um, the films just just happening. He was a total zombie by the end of our shoot uh, behind the mask because he put absolutely everything he had into it and it was basically um you know the 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 dude who runs to marathon to deliver the 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 news and then collapses at at uh, the you know emperor's feet or whatever uh um you know that's basically how 
how he ran himself into the ground to make behind the mask happen. Um, I think that has got to be a kind of a scarring event or at least at the very least it's got to, um, he knows that there's going to be some, some absolute cost, um, at, that's going to require absolute dedication in making a sequel happen. Yeah. Um, cause so much of it is on his shoulders or at least that's how it went the first time. And he's going to have to you know, get a team together. Well, you know, the, the, the more of a team you have, the more cost goes up and the more of a budget you gotta, you know, so I I think he knows he's very aware of how, how much of his life would be consumed for, you know, the next year once that, um, ball gets rolling. And so I think he's approaching it very cautiously and I think he should because it, it's going to take over his life. Oh yeah, um, it will. It, Cause even but, after raising budget, filming everything, just going into post-production, he's going to be in post-production for another year. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be another year of promoting the film and getting people to see the film and all of that. So it's definitely, it's definitely something y'all do out of a labor of love. But yeah, and he's he's already got another job. He's he's uh, the executive of Gather Films. Um, yes, I was going to bring that up and see. Yeah, yeah. like he's, that's that's his that's his active baby. I mean, he's he's already I, uh, you know tied up. So it's <laughs> to step away from his life. Uh, I do not envy the yeah. the kind of wherewithal it's going to have to require in order yeah. to 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 get the ball rolling. You yeah. Know? And for those who don't know what Gather is, it's uh, the website's still G-A-T-H-R. There's no E there. R dot U-S, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, this concept is, is amazing to me. Basically, if you want a movie filmed in your city, then y- you can raise, you can not only get the people in your community involved, but you can get them all to show this movie in a local theater. It's it's fantastic. In fact, for me, it would be really easy because we have a place here called Full Moon Cinema, and they do not only do they do our horror convention every October here, but they have a tattoo shop and a movie theater, and that's where I saw the uh, Hatchet Four. Victor Crowley was there, so like I can get like if I was like I want a movie here, I can go to Ben and be like Ben, I'm gonna do this gatherer thing, and we're gonna get as many people as we can to do this and bring the film here. And just the concept in general is great. If there is a independent film that you've been following that you want to see, uh, say maybe it's even a, a short film that's called Wait For It that you really want to see when it comes out, you can <laughs> you can put it on Gather and and actually basically crowdfund your own. It's like a petition almost. You're gonna crowdfund it to get the movie shown where you're at. That's awesome. Yeah, and and, and uh, they'll even obtain um, old prints. Uh, uh of uh you know a film that has already you know run theatrically and um you know if you want to see jaws i want to have a screening of jaws oh, yes. you know, get you got to get enough people together um they basically pre-order their ticket and um and they'll set it up for you you know it's it's pretty pretty sweet service yeah i am a, i am a big fan of it so if he ever decides to come back to make another movie in the the Leslie Vernon mythos, Scott, if you're listening, which I know you're not, uh, 
we're here for you and we will definitely do whatever we can to help you through that process and help you get the movie made and get all horror fans to put their money where their mouth is. Because in this day and age, horror fans, if you do not put your money where your mouth is, you will not get horror. If you pirate it, you're not getting more horror movies. End of story. You have to pay for this genre to keep going. I'll so, go around to all these studios that are around me because I live just below Atlanta. So I'll go around to all these studios that are circling around me and bang on the doors and get arrested <laughs> and stuff like that just so I can find somebody that'll help make this movie. Because I'm like, I, I, I would really love to see a sequel. I think uh, that'd be cool. Yeah, so, I, I, I'm... I'm I am pretty confident it's going to happen at some point. I'm not really all that um, anxious to um, to do one um, because I feel like there's a lot of goodwill that's been built up, and I have. <laughs> I feel like it's it's. I'm not in any kind of rush to do something that you know might through having uh, been. I don't know. Not it. It just didn't have enough it didn't cook long enough or, or the concept was, you know, or updating the sequel script, uh, that, cause I know Stevie wants to re go have a, have a, a redo, uh, a revise, uh, the script, update it. And, um, you know, I, that, that's, that's a whole lot of investment. I just know that there's, there's a lot of, of stuff that has to go into, um, making it something that we're all going to feel really excited about like we did the first time. I mean, the script as it is right now is great, but um, Stevie wants to update it, and I think he should because um, uh, I think that the closer we keep this thing to our um, current experience of, of culture and where our culture's at right now in terms of horror, the more... Um, the more current I think we can keep it, the better. Um, and I think that there's a lot to say about where horror is right now. Um, and I think that there's a lot to say about where our culture is um, right now. Um, and I think it's interesting to, uh, you know, harness the fact that... Um, and Stevie and I have talked about this too, you know, but I think both of us were in a position where we felt like, uh, behind the mask was going to be our calling card. And, uh, and it was that in, in a lot of ways, but, um, you know, I know that we imagined that, that that was going to be a springboard to a, a, a brilliant career. And, yeah. um, and, and that did not happen. And yeah. I think it's interesting, um, the degree to which we harness, how how that works because i think a lot of people have had that experience and probably can relate to that experience is you know when you step out there and you just think you're you're you know two steps over from king shit um and you take a step out put yourself out there and you just fall on your ass uh what how do you respond to that you know how do you do you um, pull yourself back up and go back at it. Um, uh, if you do go back at it, you know, what kind of moves do you make? What kind of things do you do to ensure that you're going to be more relevant? You're going to be better received this time around. Um, uh, I, I think those are really interesting, you know, 
questions to continue to explore because um, I think a lot of people are having that experience right now. Yeah, and I feel like I honestly feel like horror fans kind of let y'all down a bit, um, especially now with a lot of us looking back at, at it being ten years ago, and you know, a Screen Factory is putting out a wonderful Blu-ray of it with I'm artwork so done by my boy Joel Robinson, knocking out some more amazing Screen Factory artwork. I love you, Joel. Uh, and I'm so excited for this release, and I'm I, I I've got it pre-ordered. I'm you ready for it to come those. in. Yeah, mine's yeah. pre-ordered too. It looks pretty sweet, and it's gonna. It looked. I looked at the additional features, and uh, it's gonna have. I think all the additional features that were on the previous um, release, and uh, and a few extras. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Did you get to go in and do anything like interviews or anything for the Scream Factory release? No, I. Um, I had some my life. Fair enough went nuts and um i wasn't available for um for when they were shooting that stuff so um but it's good i i i was glad to uh that the other folks who don't usually get a whole lot of uh, attention in the process of uh, of the film uh, or the kind of acknowledgement that the film gets um I, they they got a lot of the focus and and uh, I think they're gonna have some extras that'll feature them and I'm glad about that for them. I'm stoked and and like I was saying, I do feel like horror fans kind of let y'all down the first time. Uh, I remember Adam Green talking about uh, this thing where he where a fan was talking about how how upset they are at all the remakes and he and he said, well, behind the mask is playing down the street. Did you go see that? No, you went and saw a remake. They're making more remakes because you're giving them your money. Go see Behind the Mask. Right. And it, and it and you hear that and you go, damn, he's right. We like, and I feel like in general as horror fans let you down. But I'm gonna. But hopefully, if y'all come back for a second round, we will show you how <laughs> much of a legendary status that you have brought with just one movie. Into the I really round. hope the Scream Factory release puts the movie in front of more people because everyone should see this. Anybody who's a fan of slasher movies at all and horror in general needs to see this movie. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the legend has been growing, uh, you know, as somebody who has been, uh, you know, observing it from the very beginning. Um, you know, yeah, we came out of the gate uh, and didn't make the kind of splash that we were expecting, but um you know time has only um worked in our favor because uh with each week that goes by um more and more people see it and more and more people become aware of it and uh you know it's it's uh it's the slow burn rather than the uh the firework firecracker that we were expecting but uh i'll take a slow burn Fair enough. All right, I'm going to throw a couple of more questions your way from the fans who want to know. And I don't know if you're going to be able to answer this one or not. But JP from 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast wants to know, Adam Green said when he put Leslie Vernon, he put Leslie Vernon into his mythos for Hatchet 2. Yeah. And supposedly, Scott, the director for uh, uh, Behind the Mask, put in a reference to Victor Crowley in the sequel. You've read the script. And if you're not allowed to say it, just say you can't say it. But can you confirm or deny this? <laughs> I can confirm I've read the script, but I can't confirm that part of it. Uh, 
I can't confirm that I've read the script in a long time, though, so I uh, uh, I would have to go back and reread that. Um, I'm sure that he did, though, because I yeah. think we were all really uh, impressed and pleased that Adam Green was as um, uh, complimentary about uh, Behind the Mask as he was. We, we were all really uh, grateful for his support. Gotcha. I knew that was a loaded question, so I had to give you your out first. <laughs> Just in case. So, in the film, you establish the importance of cardio to create the illusion that you are only ever walking to catch your victims. Well, Aaron West wants to know, how much cardio did you yourself do in preparation for the role? <laughs> oh, boy. Not that much. Um, <clears throat> I, like to, I like to run, and uh, so I was doing that. But, um, but at the time, yeah, no, I wanted to look... Uh, decent i didn't want to show up embarrassingly so um i took care of myself but uh not let me just say we we shot and it shows up in the extra features we shot a a run walk scene you know i talk Mm -hmm. about reference it where you know uh, you got to make it look like you're walking and everybody else is running their asses off and i gotta stay with them that thing well we shot a uh, uh, a scene where um, i'm demonstrating how that works out and i'm you know chasing angela she's running you know at top speed and i'm after her until just a a split second before she turns back to look over her shoulder and sees me walking um just behind her but uh as soon as she turns back around and and uh you know looks ahead then i'm back off running and the idea is that i'm catching up with her but she is fast yeah. She is so fast. And I pulled a hammy both uh, uh, when I tried to uh, catch up with her. Um, we shot the scene twice, and both times um, I pulled a hammy trying to catch up with her because oh. she, she was in such good shape. <laughs> well, I have learned I cannot be a slasher. It is not going to happen for me. That's the reason why Jason always looks like he's breathing so fucking hard. <laughs> It takes a lot of work, baby. All right, so another very, very popular character in this movie is Eugene. Now, so apparently there's a thing on the internet, and apparently uh, the writer has confirmed this, or at least in his mind, that Billy from Black Christmas is Eugene, that that's his backstory. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, and I actually looked it up because I was like, there's no way. And no, he, he literally said, yeah, in his head, it's Billy from the backstory. Now... I'm assuming while filming this, you didn't have any insight, but what, how, how did you feel about your slasher mentor? And in, in your eyes, before you had heard that, what did you think Eugene's backstory was? Um, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I didn't have the, uh, the kind of background, uh, in, in horror or, or specifically slasher that, that, um, these guys did in, in, in what they were referencing. Uh, and so I, I just, it wasn't a conversation that I was, you know, ever able to engage in, but, um, I trusted that they'd done their homework and, and, uh, you know, if I could just take care of the relationship, then, um, their words would, would represent, you know, Leslie faithfully. Um, 
it's my job. I, as I understood, it was just to totally adore Eugene. And I did. Fortunately, Scott Wilson is, you know, just, you know, one of the sweetest people you, you would ever meet. And, uh, I had an opportunity to, to work really personally with him. And, um, you know, that was just, it was, you know, like with Angela, it was really easy to fall in love with them, you know, and, and fortunately, um, they did all the work cause I, I was just kind of able to sit there and just kind of, you know, bat my eyes at them and, you know, just, just adore them. It's gotcha. crazy too. It's crazy too. Cause when you like, when you meet Scott Wilson, I met him down here at, at, at a Apple store, uh, <laughs> because when he was filming the walking dead and, uh, you're totally right, man. He's just got that 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 uh, aura about him. Like you could just sit down and talk to him for hours. Oh, yeah. The grandpa he's, vibe. Yeah, right, dude. He's got that completely. And I'm, uh, you know, so when I talked to him, and I was all, you know, I was all starstruck and shit, you know, because I'm sitting there and I'm, I just walk up on this dude in a store, but I didn't want to be, you know, one of those, uh, one of those people that just comes up and like, oh my god, you better, I didn't want to do that. And so I was trying to be real chill and whatnot. And he's like, hey, man, you know, you want to sit out here and talk? You want to take a picture? All this other kind of stuff. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> you know, it was great. He was just so cool. And I wasn't expecting that. So it was nice. I had the same experience, too. And I got to work with them, you know, after being, you know, just thinking, like, I, I don't know what to expect from this guy. I, I, he, could, he could, he has every right to just not really invest that much you know just cash a paycheck and uh that's just not scott's way um right. he he was he showed up to to play ball and and he showed up with a really uh open heart and he welcomed me into it and uh and made for um some really tender moments you know that uh was really sweet to see and i feel like really highlighted um those those transitions those juxtapositions where um we're seeing people talk about doing really uh evil things um but we're seeing them you know behave tenderly and lovingly and and in a way that we would respond to and 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 want to have show up in our relationship uh you know that you know i i I, that was just a really interesting uh the more we could heighten that uh juxtaposition i i i felt like the 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 more interesting it would be and scott was able to pull that off really beautifully it was real cool to see the kind of father figure with Leslie kind of dynamic. It was, it was, it was really, really cool. I, uh, yeah, I like that, that. Yeah. That was another thing that, that I, I, I really enjoyed because, you know, you, you find out later on in the film that Leslie, his, his backstory is not what he, what he gave in the beginning or it could be, or it may not be, you don't really know. So it's like to see him kind of latch on to this father type figure that, like you said, doing these really, really horrible things. It was, uh, it was definitely interesting. I liked how they put that together. Yeah. Now, now, as a, you, you're, you've said before, you, you were not like a huge fan of the genre. You do like the genre. You have watched it. What What are some of your favorite horror films? Horror films of the genre, though. Like, what what horror fans 
want I have a lot of horror fans that always ask anytime I do like an interview or something they want to know well, what horror movies do they like so I want to know what what are just a couple of your favorite horror movies well I just watched um The Exorcist with my uh 14 year old and um uh, uh that is one that's just, it always gets me but this was his first time watching it and man it still gets me <laughs> i want oh my goodness Ex- exorcism movies in general really really freak me out you know they 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 go right to that uh right to that spot for me my 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 up upbringing uh in the church and whatever it just it just pushes all my buttons um, you know what's funny? The, so during this whole conversation, you we our last episode was our top 10 favorite horror films of all time. Mm-hmm. You have mentioned every single one of our top threes. Oh, yeah? Because Kenneth is The Exorcist. My favorite horror movie of all time for the, for the reasons that you just stated. Wow. Mine was Jaws because I first watched oh, it when I was like four with my grandfather. And I just I've always loved it. And uh, Jay's is Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, which earlier you said you had seen 1 through 3. Yes. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I just thought that was a funny coincidence. Meant to be, gentlemen. Well, let's see if I can mention some more. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Matango. Just kidding. No no one's seen that. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I love the exorcist, uh, jaws. Gosh, I, I love that movie. I, I, I love how Spielberg plays with those, um, chaotic, uh, family and chaotic, uh, city council, uh, sequences, you know, and, 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 and dockyard sequences. They're just, they're so wonderfully, uh, chaotic. Um, uh, close encounters isn't, isn't really a horror movie but uh it 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 plays in a lot of those uh same ways too so i i love it for the same reasons um uh uh, silence of the lambs i i is not straight up you know horror but uh it pushes a lot of those same but i consider if it's a thriller i consider (laughs) it in the subgenre of horror if it plays with enough horror elements Mm -hmm. and to me i think silence of the lambs does i agree yeah I'm glad that we we've all admitted it into the horror pantheon. Uh, um, yeah, I uh, oh, gosh, I'm blanking on on movies right now. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I I'm looking forward to watching more horror, and my boys are definitely uh, now, interested you... in in watching horror, and so I'm. I'm getting to watch a lot of movies for the first time with them, which is really cool and really weird too. We just watched <laughs> Mist for the first time. And oh my oh, god, that's one of my favorites. That's a great film. Oh my oh. goodness, that's that ending. Oh my goodness. Oh that's, man. Oh. oh now, I, how how old are your two boys? Uh, see, I I just I'm admitting something terrible from you know saying that I my 11 year old and 14 year old watched uh, the mist and that ending. No, I mean, that ending terrible. Yeah, we 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 were all very disturbed by it, and I I I I shouldn't have let my 11 year old so, watch that. Uh, well, I don't know because I feel like. When it comes down to that, because Kenneth has asked this before, because he's got a daughter, and when we talk about at what age is it appropriate to let kids 
mm-hmm. watch certain horror movies. Uh, yeah. And to me, as long as you're there to explain it and you start start off small and ease them into it and explain it as you go. But like, yeah, it's ones like The Mist where not only do you have like a re- religious fanatic going at it, but then you have that ending, which I'm not going to spoil for anyone who has not seen it, which if you haven't seen it, go do it and watch the black and white version because it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, like... What what are your decision makings on what movie? Like you just said, you you watched The Exorcist. Now I'm assuming you only watched that with your 14 year old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wait, like, for if you're know, going you know, to, I, give... I have friends who grew up. They they watched you know all kinds of you know R rated movies with with their parents and and uh, you know they all you know turned out like normal people, um, but. I understand that there's a point at which, um, you know, there's appropriateness and stuff like that. I, I tend to not really have a decent sense of, of where that is because, um, unless I'm showing a movie, uh, to them that, uh, I've seen before, um, I, I don't, how do you get enough information on a movie? You know, there's some resources that you can go to. Yeah, but... there's on IMDb, they've got that parental advisory yeah. thing where it'll break down everything. Yeah, yeah. And you can use that. But uh, to me, if you can explain it, then, and they understand it, and it's good. Now, have they seen Behind the Mask? No, they haven't. We we meant to do it last year. There was a big screening, and, and, uh, we were going to go to it, but, uh, stuff came up and didn't work out. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I will show it to them at some point. I just don't know when, um, this year, I mean, my, my 14 year old, he's, he's been ready for a long time. I feel like, but the 11 year old, we're still, uh, you know, trying to, find windows where he's going to be, you know, at a, at a friend's house or something like that. So that the 14 year old and I can, uh, you know, watch another thing that he wouldn't be able to watch where his younger brother there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it'd be all right. I watched, uh, the original evil dead when I was in fifth grade and that has tree rape. So I I, I find it difficult. I'm finding it difficult myself because I, it, I, a lot of times when I think about things to let my daughter watch, I have to think about her personality as well. I mean, she's six, so obviously I got to keep it really light. Yeah. But you know, I watched I watched Night of the Living Dead when I was four. I, when I was around seven or eight years old, I was watching you know Friday the Thirteenth on uh, you know it was edited on TV, but I was still watching Friday the Thirteenth with my mom, and I'd seen Jaws already and stuff like that when I was really young. So. I think it's got a lot to do with the personality. Like my daughter does not have a personality at this current moment to be able to handle certain things. So the only thing that she's watched with me is like, you know, the old black and white universal films. Like she's watched the Wolfman with me and she watched, uh, she watched the, uh, the fly with Vincent Price and it. it's not black and white, but she watched, she watched that with me. So some of the older ones, cause I just don't, I honestly don't think that my daughter's ready whatsoever at this current moment to get anything any more intense than that. And uh, we watched the, fast and furious today but you know there's really not anything in that except for cussing and the cussing ain't nothing that she hadn't heard from me before you never had your car (laughs) you're right you know it's been a great way in for for my boys and i though because uh there's a lot of horror classic horror that i haven't seen um and so i'm watching a lot of stuff that i've never seen before they're watching 
uh, an entire genre that they've never seen before. I mean, Sven Gulli has been an education for all of us. Um, you know, we've had been able to see um, classic horror um, in, in a format that they can appreciate. And it feels like we're doing something that's, you know, special, uh, a kind of family event. You know, every Saturday night we we're sitting down and we're watching horror. It, I think that's the still, coolest thing. Really cheesy, you know, kind of, uh, you know, 50s atomic horror or, oh, um, you know, it, it might be something more classic. But, um, you know, regardless, uh, you're you're going to see something and, uh, um, you know, it's presented in a way that's really fun. Yeah, that's I love that because I'm a huge fan of classic horror. I'm, I'm very I actually watch way more like pre 80s stuff than post 80s stuff, which is a problem of mine. And so I love that, and I love that that your kids are getting an education on horror through that because there's a lot that don't see anything before the '80s, Jay. And uh, <laughs> hey, I, at least I'm trying to branch out. I can't I help what I like. Yeah, and, we're having uh, to. Uh, me and Jerry are having to facilitate his uh, his branching <laughs> out before the '80s because that seems to be the decade that he's stuck in. And we're like, you know, no. So uh, I know that you you probably haven't listened to any of our others, but uh, we, me and Jerry actually pulled together and bought him a Universal Monster Blu-ray box set. So that way he cannot get away from it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, so, those movies are so good. Oh, they are. So before we get out of here, do you have anything that you want to tell the fans that you want to just promote for yourself? What, what's going on in your world? What do you want the people to know? Uh, well, we, we do have that comic book uh, series that's going on right now. Um, I, I don't know the, the, the name of the site. Um, Keep for, talking. I'll find it. For that. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you guys can post something on that, that'd be great. Yeah. I, uh, I was um, but, just there. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got uh, that comic book that's, uh, that's out and still being developed. Um, the, the work on it is is really neat, and it's great to just keep keep furthering the story, uh, even if we can't get something as 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 monumental as a whole film, an entire film off the ground. You know, at least we can, you know, branch out in other genres that are are uh, are friendly to um, to our genre. You know, so um, yeah, there's there's that. Um, uh, definitely if you have info on Stevie's, uh, um, short, uh, uh, wait for it. Um, that's something to keep your eye out for. Um, it'll be really cool. And it was just a neat project for him to be working on because it was engaging him in, uh, in a, in totality, not just as a writer, but in all of those other, uh, creative aspects that writers often don't, don't uh, have access to or avail themselves of, you know, those resources. So uh, uh, I've, I'm doing my acting class, and uh, they should definitely go to uh, to the website deviatestudios.com and um, check that out. It's LA based. We're uh, we just moved to uh, downtown LA, and uh, we've got a great space there, and we're 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 doing really fantastic stuff i'm i'm thrilled about um the opportunities that we're looking at moving forward and um yeah so uh check that out very that. cool all right so the website for the comic is vernonsfarmhouse.com 
Uh, it's not a porno site. I double checked. <laughs> it's V E R N O N S F A R M H O U S E dot com, and it's great because the first thing you see is Paradise Lost found it, nice. which is hilarious to me. So that is the website where you can actually go and get it. Though I did see an update through the Indiegogo that says they're having a slight sh- uh, bug issue with the shop. So if that's still happening, just be patient. You'll be able to get everything through there. Um, funny enough, you're, you're actually the second person I've interviewed that, that teaches acting classes. Cause I interviewed Amanda Beers who played Marcy from married with children mm-hmm. on my other podcast, the married with children podcast. <laughs> and I, th- it just kind of hit me like, Oh, I keep interviewing people that do, uh, I, and it's always, and it's always them that I find, like, I find all these like subtle acting things in their performance that I really, really like. Right. It's but so it- I think. It's usually people that uh, that understand that the process of acting is often um, uh, not uh, for uh, it, it doesn't tend to the actor's benefit. It tends to um, for commercial purposes uh, and um, the actor tends to get lost a little bit in the process. And so they um, a lot of teachers are are actors who are really frustrated with a process that is not nearly as creative as it could and should be that makes sense i would back that yeah man i wish i i don't live anywhere near you so i can't go to your acting class but i would actually (laughs) love to just go in and have that experience i'd love to go check it out myself but yeah yeah if you if you uh come through town uh definitely come in for an audit we uh we welcome people to come in and check out what it is that we're doing because uh, um, we're excited about it. And like I said, it gets results. So I, I love uh, passing the word. The closest I've there. ever been to L.A. is uh, I was in San Diego. That was nice. That is I, very... was in L- I was in L.A. for E3 a couple of years ago. That San is... Diego is beautiful. No, sir. Yes, San Diego is gorgeous. I, w- I would definitely live there. Unfortunately, I live in Nashville, so I don't. I don't have any of that. <laughs> you got cool stuff there too. But oh yeah, by the way, uh, the, yeah, all four of these comic books will be on their way to me very, very shortly. Oh yeah, order them all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I need to. I just ordered. It's kind of funny because uh, another horror movie that I'm really excited for coming out, uh, The Meg. They have a comic book series coming out also for I think it's six issues, and I've pre-ordered that, so I've got to pre-order this. That's cool. And I need to go back and get the Hatchet comic books. Apparently, all horror movies, the new way to promote is to do a comic book, and I love this. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a format that's really friendly um, to you know cinema anyway, um, but uh, especially horror as a genre, comic genre, um, it just works. You can uh, you know depict uh, things really fantastically. Um, but in the comic format, uh, an illustration, um, can tell a story so effectively, um, and fantastically that you, you can execute with very little budget at all, um, something that's even grander than your, um, kind of cinematic aspirations would ever be able to execute. It's fantastic. I, I, I really hope that all of this will lead into another movie in the franchise, whether it's a prequel, whether it's a sequel, 
whatever it is, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see y'all come together and make another piece of art. Cause I do think that the movie was, was too far ahead of its time. And I feel like if it would have came out in the past, like two year, two, three years, it would have been like, cause now every, like there's all these independent horror movies that come out that people just love that some of them, like the void had a, had a Kickstarter that, that worked very well. It was very successful. They put out the movie, came out to great reviews, made tons of people's top 10 list for the year. And I definitely feel like Behind the Mask had it come out now instead of 10 years ago without anything being changed in it would still be on everyone's top 10 list for the year. I agree. Yeah, I, I think so too. And then on top of that, I really like, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the getting on board with the crowdfunded stuff that's going now because, you know, I think it's really, really cool that, you know, directors and writers and things like that will, will allow fans to get directly involved versus the way it used to be, you know, uh, uh, even 15, 20 years ago where, you know, in the nineties or whatnot, where, where it seemed like that anything that had to do with Hollywood was like a closed, you know, a closed door to people. And now it's, it's becoming to where, you know, just everyday fans can be involved. And I, and I really, really like that aspect of it. Like, uh, you know, I talked to, uh, Rob Hall at the days of the dead down here and, uh, you know, he's going to crowdfund, uh, the, the third installment of the later rest series. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm totally down with, with giving money for that. Just like I'm, you know, going to buy these comics and, you know, give money to hopefully help facilitate, uh, uh, Leslie Vernon too. So, you know, I, I think it's a great, a great medium comic books, whatever it is, crowdfunding, anything. I think it's a great medium. Yeah. It's, it's an exciting time to see, um, to see, I don't know, to pioneer a new way. And uh, I think uh, people who are are finding some really creative ways of of um, resourcing their their films, and um, I I don't I don't I know that we're in some kind of transition between a studio system uh, where everything is under the thumb of of. Um, you know, bean counters and whatnot, but, uh, but I don't think we're fully in a, in a world yet where, um, independent filmmaking is, um, has really integrated crowdfunding and, um, big money backing. I, I feel like we're somewhere in between the two. And I just think that there's a lot of, of of trailblazing still to be done to figure out how to how to how to monetize uh excitement about a concept you know um yeah i i think you tend to see that people that have a an established idea do better um behind the mask has definitely um uh, won a lot of love uh, over the years uh, since its theatrical release. Um, it continues to to win love, and so um, I think that we're we're going to find ourselves at some point down the road where um, you know the axis tilts, and and we're going to be able to leverage all that goodwill that's that's been stored up. And that you have a lot of it. I I really do believe that the horror fan base will. 100% back whatever endeavor y'all go in for the future. I know half of the questions I got were, 
when are we getting another? Where, where's the next <laughs> one coming? So people out there want it. I think if you uh, if you go to any horror convention in 2018, whether it's just to go or to be a guest, I think you will see how much love you have out there. Because we all want Leslie Vernon to be that next slasher franchise. We want you to be that next icon. You know, until you do something different, then the fan base is going to hate you. But, you know, screw them. And I think it's possible. I am going to be doing a convention in Sacramento in October. Um, so I will be there. Um, if anybody's Ooh. in the area, come on out to, to check us out there. Uh, Sinister Creature Con in Sacramento um, in October. But um, yeah, otherwise you'll have to wait till, I don't know, the next con that I'm booked at. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I I hope one day they, I'm going to talk to Ben and be like, Ben of Full Moon, book Nathan. Fly him out here. You need to come to Nashville anyway. It's it. I don't really have a reason why. You just need to. Well, I've never been there, so that's as good. Oh, a there you go. We we have our reason. Well, thank you so much for for coming on. I know I had a blast, and I, we were all really excited for this. And all my questions were all like super nerdy about acting, and I'm glad that I loved hearing it though. Like I, Jerry's our host. I can't. I couldn't lead a show to save my life. So I just. I was super excited to hear the answers to the questions and you've been awesome man. the whole process responding to my message and just, just coming on the show to help us out. I really, really appreciate it. I appreciate what you guys are doing and uh, your interest in a subject that I love. So uh, I'm happy to be here. Yes. And I, I can't wait to see you in more acting roles because I highly enjoy it. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of people who act in such an in-depth field as you do. It's hard for me to explain what it is, but if I, if I can watch it and just start knowing all these like little tiny subtle things, I get really into it. It, it helps me get into the movie and make it more real. And, and like Kenneth said, we like to put ourselves in the movie to see how we would feel in those situations. It, it helps improve a movie for us. And your acting does that flawlessly for me. I'm glad. Thank you. Um, go go to DV Studios. Our YouTube page um, is something you should subscribe to. We're going to be putting a lot of content um, on there, uh, and and some of it I'll be involved with myself, uh, acting wise, which I'm I'm glad to have that kind of uh, outlet for myself because I do enjoy acting uh, as much as I enjoy che- teaching it. I do enjoy acting still. So um, we'll, we'll be putting stuff up there and I, I'm, I'm still, I'm going to stay busy in other ways, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll keep, keep scratching that itch for you. Yes. We will have links in the description uh, for everyone to click on and check all of it out. So definitely make sure you do that. Definitely show your support for this if you want more from Leslie Vernon, if you if you want more from Scott Glasserman, if you want more from anyone from the horror community, you have to put in to get out. So please make sure you're doing that. And uh, like we said, thank you for coming on. We had a blast. It sounded like you had a blast. And I hope you do like a small YouTube thing where you just like update, you vlog on your kids watching horror and what they liked and what they did. I think that'd be interesting from a, from a, from to me already a slasher icon, 
but maybe a future franchise slasher icon. <laughs> Uh, that's that's great thinking. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll, I'll what if you did a commentary? What's that? What if you did a commentary where you had your fourteen year old there and you watched behind the, his first time watching behind the mask? Oh, that's <laughs> wild. Or maybe this maybe you'd have to do a second time because he might he wouldn't because if you're having to explain to him he'd miss too much stuff. But I'd love to have you see your son review your movie. <laughs> that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, I'd pay for that. Let's kickstart that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my my son would probably love to uh, to star in that video, um, and say whatever it is that he would be saying about me. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. I have to look into that. Uh, oh, please I'm do. Going to say David Stevie and I were uh, tossing around tossing around some um, fun ideas uh, about how to keep Leslie uh, uh, coming uh, in the off season, so to speak. So. Um, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm confident some stuff will be coming through the works. Yes. And please let us know when, when that short film comes out. Cause I re I really want to check it out for the, now hold up before we leave before, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, can you kind of give it a small description of what it is? Wait for it is a short film that David Stevie wrote that, um, he directed and, uh, produced and, uh, it's, it's it's in the I same I, I don't vein. Know how much I'm 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 allowed to say I I have a I have a role in it, but uh, um, but it's really mostly about this uh, woman, and we're following her as she is experiencing a lot of those moments that, in in kind of cinematic terms, um, it's that moment just before something really bad happens, and we're kind of exploring that moment in different in different ways and different styles and different modes. Um, and, uh, there's always that sense that, Oh boy, this is when something bad's going to happen. And, um, and it's a really fun way of exploring that, uh, tension filled moment. Um, but doing it in a way that's, um, it's clever. I mean, Stevie is, he's, He's such a clever uh, thinker. Um, I I love his writing because it's such a great um, demonstration of the way that he thinks creatively, which is super appealing to me and everything that I love and I think that a lot of people respond to in uh, what's fun about the Behind the Mask script. Yeah, I, and I, I forgot I had the plot summary in my notes from when I was doing my research. So here's the plot summary from IMDb. A loving deconstruction of the slasher genre, seen from the perspective of a survivor girl living in the aftermath of her own encounter with a psycho slasher killer. We follow her as she travels home after a night out with friends, always remaining wary of the inevitable return of her tormentor. And I'm kind of looking over my shoulder just reading that. Like, that that sounds so suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I can watch this. I might, I might <laughs> literally have an anxiety attack watching it. I'm down. If I, if I put myself, and even the tagline, she knows what's coming, like that. Like, oh man, I can't wait for this. I don't know if this is accurate. Uh, on IMDb, it said it was a 12 minute short, but I know you just said they they did some filming of some extra stuff, so maybe it's even longer than that. But yeah, I I'm I'm I, stoked for this to come out. 
I'd say about it's about 12 minutes max. I, I the stuff that they had to shoot was just stuff that David, being the perfectionist that he is, and being his first time out, and you know, just kind of you know learning how uh, firsthand how to uh, how to roll with the punches. You know, um, there was just stuff that he felt like was critical and had to be executed correctly uh, that wasn't the first time, and so he had to go back and and make some corrections which you know it's i i i respect a guy who just knows has has a vision for what it is that he wants and um has a tenacious <laughs> uh uh you know striving to 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 make that happen so yeah well please let us know when it comes out we would love to review it if uh, if we can, we have reviewed a independent short film before, and it was super fun. It was super hard because you can't give away anything, but we did it, and it was amazing. So if if uh, I'm sure, I don't know if it's going to be going to festivals or what it's going to, but if he if he does any kind of screener process for a review, please let us know because I want to see it really bad. I'll yeah. pay for it. <laughs> How much does he want? Uh, so please keep us in mind for that, and I, I can't wait to see what you've got next for us. I can't see what happens in all of this. Uh, so from all of us, from all of us here, from the horror community, everyone, thank you for what you've done, and thank you for what you will do, because it is greatly appreciated out here. And and I promise you this time, the the horror fan base will not let you down. We will back we will back it with with open arms like a creed song. i'll force people to back it if i have to he he is he is a sith he only deals in absolutes don't de- don't listen to him well let's let's keep this above the law gentlemen uh i, I appreciate your i appreciate your support and uh thanks for help uh keeping the word out there thanks a lot man we really appreciate it all right take care See you. later bye i would have ended up here no matter what i made a choice i made a choice to provide a counterbalance to all those things that we hold good and pure. You chose journalism, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This is what we were born to do. And we are back, man. I gotta say, that, uh, that Nathan guy is one cool cat. I agree. That uh, that couldn't have gone much better, yeah. if and, any better. And, and special thanks to Jay, because Jay is actually the one that put that together. He is the one that that messaged him, asked him if he would come on. He was the one that kept in contact with him to make sure everything uh, was ready to go. So thank you for that, Jay. I highly appreciate it. I got so it. lucky. So yeah, how did that even happen? Groups. So I'm in a bunch of horror groups on Facebook, obviously, because I like to casually promote our stuff you know if someone's like oh man we just saw uh, we just saw behind the mask i'm like oh cool check out this episode we did with the uh, the star um so i like to be in them casually and i just like talking about horror movies in general with people he likes to and explain so, to people how get out is horror and how <laughs> just because swear, man just because it doesn't I, scare been, you does not mean it's yeah, not horror i've done that a lot <laughs> Um, but anyway, so somebody posted a blog entry and they're like, I did an interview with Nathan and they tagged him like his actual Facebook. I was like, Oh shit. And so I clicked it and I just messaged him. I was like, Hey, I just saw that, uh, someone did an interview with you. 
how'd you feel about coming on the podcast with us? He's like, yeah, sure. I'm busy for April, but how about March? I was like, March is cool. And he was super casual about it. So I, in the back of my mind, I was, I was always, we were always prepared to record our Silent Hill episode for this episode, just in case. But yeah, super casual, super cool. And I'm so glad that it went off and that I actually did it because all the other celebrities uh, and stuff that we have lined up for the future and that we've done already have all been Jerry's doing. So I was happy. I to guess it's my turn. Something. <laughs> yeah, actually, I do have a few that I've got a I've got a message and see about setting up a a uh, a show with. So maybe we'll see about having another one next month. Because I think Jerry didn't you, you got the guy that did uh, Scare House right. Correct. Yes. Yeah, and then now Jay has got Nathan, so I guess it's my turn. I gotta Time figure to out some earn your fucking John. keep, Kenneth. You go fuck yourself. Hey, I will, and then I'll send you the video. Sweet. Yeah. I'm gonna need you to get Robert England, and then not <laughs> let Jerry on that episode. Wow, oh. man. That's that's fucking brutal. Well, he hates the movies. Wait, if I'm not on there, who's going to interview him? <laughs> I'm going to need you to you record just Jay's not going to be able to. Jay won't be able to get Robert England's dick out of his mouth long enough that's to ask true. a question. I'm like, so, I love your movies. And that's it. It'll just be awkward silence for half Yeah, hour. well, we can sit here and dream all damn night long about fucking having Robert England on here, but all Stop, of us know that. number from Nathan. It's fine. It is never going to happen because I'm pretty hey, sure. Don't, that... Hey, don't say that. We're going to be big. People are going to invite us to fucking cons. I'm like, hey, you Dude, need a channel. It don't matter what you say, what you or Jerry or anybody else says. I will never be big. No matter how much I pray to God or, or, or look up the surgeries online, I will never be big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're always a jaw full in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, that one. Need to get a sound box, man. I'm gonna get one. <laughs> Speaking of sound box, Jay, turn off your fucking phone. Yeah. Well, you so slut. that was. I was looking something up, and I clicked a stupid video on Facebook by accident. Oh, that's what. I, okay, that makes sense. And it wasn't on. Like I, I was scrolling, and then I, I clicked, and I was like, ah, no, stop it. I was like, you. I was like, come on, Jay, yeah, you're making us look bad. I felt really bad. I was like, no, fuck. I just rolled my eyes and just kept going. <laughs> Well, it's better than, you know, things happen. Whatever. Yeah, it's it'll be all right. Sorry, I, I mean, I, I choked on my tea than... while we were recording. At one point, he's talking, and all you hear me is go, <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard it, but you can hear my cat in the litter box back there. You know, <laughs> I'm funny. just scratching the shit out of the litter box. I'm like, oh, my God. I just quickly went to it, and I fucking muted it. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I know. I heard his dogs at one point. At home in our non-professional <laughs> settings. So <laughs> it works out. Hey. You want realism from Kill the Cast? You got fucking realism. Who? Where? And what other podcast are you going to hear Facebook videos, cat shitting, <laughs> and the host choking to death? Where else do you get that except in some weird-ass porno video? I'd watch that video. Well, you can. It's on horrorporn.com. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, so, uh. yeah. So, uh, our upcoming show, though, is going to be Robo the movie Cop. Silent Hill. <laughs> No, it's not RoboCop. Even though I, I think I do have, do I have? I have RoboCop on Blu-ray, the first one. I have the whole. I have all of them, including the remake on Blu-ray. Hey, we should totally do that. What RoboCop? Yeah, I think RoboCop would kind of fit the there's first horror, one. Yeah, there's very horrific things in the first RoboCop. Can it, we can do that as a as a as a uh, a uh, kill the cast after dark episode, and okay. just get real fucked up with it. 
Okay. Wait, you can listen to eat, listen to us jack off while we fucking got there and watch RoboCop. Yeah, fucking um, yeah. So oh, by the way, if you're if you're on our Patreon, a episode came out that is Patreon only because it is too explicit to put on the main cast, and that's because one night me, Kenneth, and Alex Edwards of Married with Children and formerly of Skeleton Crew were waiting around to record with Dan Chase on Cut to the Chase, and something happened. Uh, Dan Chase was too busy sucking dick to actually be on the show. I'm just, I'm just kidding, right. Dan. No, he's not. I'm not he's kidding. Not, kidding. Yeah, no, he's not Fuck kidding. you, Dan. Uh, I love you, Dan. No, I don't. Uh, I love parts of you. Mostly your cone head. Uh, <laughs> your cone head. But um, so we were yeah, waiting it. around, and and something happened, and Dan wasn't gonna come, and we were like, well, we're all three here. Let's not waste it. So we just recorded a thing where we like talk about porn and taxes. Yeah. What the fuck? And, yeah, exactly. And 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 that's the thing about it, you know. It's called Kill the Cast After Dark because it was too fucking explicit for us. So after if, we discussed fucking pedophilia on the cannibal episode. Uh, uh, oh, dude, trust me. I mean, it was way fucking out there. So it's like, okay. So if you th- if, if, after listening to our previous podcast where we talk about pedophilia and we talk about suicide and other random things that we talk about, that would be uh, the cannibal episode I- and the puppet master episode for those who are listening. <laughs> Yeah, and imagine what our after the after dark episode Jesus is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's do RoboCop and get in. I want to get on one. Okay, of these. well, we, yeah. There we go. And but it will be for Patreon members only, just because it's really weird. It's really fucking out there. Like there's oh, no holes barred. <laughs> Pretty much, it is. It like it's made for people who would get really drunk. And try to jack off to the Mr. Ed show because they have like some what? weird fetish about horses talking to them the while they jack off. Uh, it's for those kind of people. Which so and that's, that's just your, that's your thing. You get off to horses with peanut butter in their mouth. No, I don't. But I'm just saying, like the people who would want to hear the After Dark show are those kind of people, and we talk like that on the After Dark show. So if you wanna, if you want that, you'll have to come over to Patreon four bucks a month, and it will be yours. But speaking of things that are amazing i'm gonna start reviewing horrorporn.com videos <laughs> on our patreon someone message hey, someone message them and see if we can do that yeah <laughs> just add it in there man we'll we'll do a whole thing where we talk about you know horses with peanut butter in their mouths and we talk about <laughs> okay maybe not that but maybe maybe we 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 pimp them out or something and we, we convince them we'll talk about that anyway uh we've got to hold up motherfucker <laughs> You Jew motherfucker, you. Um, okay. We had the birthday year bash, guys. It went for five rounds. And at the end of it, it came down to two points for Jay, two points for me, one point for Kenneth. And because Kenneth won that round five, it put Jay and I in a, uh, a on-the-spot battle. A, a sudden death. And we now have the results from that. I chose Child's Play. And he chose Gremlins. Now, this was actually a close battle. There was a part where I thought I was about to fucking lose. Ugh. And I had I, I had to just like... Oh, man. The things I had to do. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I ended up winning with a total of 22 votes versus Jay's 14 votes. Uh, shout out to my, my fiancé who did not vote for Child's Play, but voted nope. for... For Gremlins, you know, hold, yeah. on, I, I, hold on. Here's a fuck you to some she of the people who voted for is. for Gremlins instead of voting oh. on my side. Uh, Donna Nelly disappointed. Uh, Mosley 
How could you not vote for me, Mosley? We boys. We YouTube boys. Uh, yeah, we're Apparently boys not. too, buddy. Uh, Andrew Scheuer doesn't surprise me. Uh, Scott Crawford. Scott, what the fuck, man? Uh, Jerry did Cortez. Vote? Jerry Cortez. I don't think you did. I think you abstained. Jerry Cortez, how could you? Dustin. Dustin. We are, we are like internet lovers and you treat me like this? Ricky J. Hamilton. Okay, that's not surprising. He voted for Jay. They're, they're great. David S. Smith judging Joey Fonte. How dare you, you fucking Italian motherfucker, you. Uh, Casey Bates, you son of a bitch. Nelson, I can't say your last name. Eric, I can't say your last name either. And Andrew, what are you people doing? What are you doing to me? Andrew Huff. But that's okay, because I did have people vote for me. Uh, my dad voted for me, which is like the first time he's ever like done anything great for me. So, I'm just kidding. Uh, your dad's pretty awesome so. that is true he has a he has a kill the cash shirt now it's balling yeah kill the cash Dude, shirt he's got a baseball totally shirt i need to get on the podcast hey i can make that happen yeah we should totally have him on there. like give him a movie to watch and let's see what kind of crazy shit your dad you says. know him and, him and debbie film. him and debbie watch a lot of horror movies I'm not watching a Serbian film. I have I already know, expressed this. Kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, J- hey, Jay, Humanoid podcast, TV. Jay, podcast yeah. after dark, me, you, Serbian film, glass of wine or two. Oh, hell yeah. For me, it <laughs> takes several. To download. So you want to hear some shit? I thought I was buying the uncut version with all the fucked up shit and the ending in that one scene. And apparently, no, the there's unrated a, there's a new is version. not the uncut. Nope. There's a new version coming out also. Well, good. I'll have to buy it and throw this piece of garbage away because if I'm watching a fucked up movie, I want it to be fucked up to the max. I saw it, and I saw it. Somebody was selling it in one of those groups. Yeah, because eBay takes it down a lot. You, yeah. What? I was drinking tea. Uh, eBay takes it down a lot. They don't. Uh, they they really don't like a Serbian film. Yeah, somebody had it. Like I said in one of those groups, and it was like fucking. They hadn't even opened it. Damn. Yeah, we need to do that. Um, so yeah, our next two. Now that we know that I'm the winner of the birthday year bash, we'll have oh. some kind of new tournament coming up. Uh, I don't know if it'll make the Silent Hill episode or what if it'll you be win? after that. What do, what do I win? I'm yeah. gonna give him a handy. I'm gonna get a handy from the loser, which is Jay. Even though technically the real loser is Kenneth because he had one point, so really Kenneth should be giving me a handy. But it just sounds better that Jay's doing it since Jay and I went into sudden death. Yeah. I'll give you a handy as long as Reese watches. Fair enough. Um, I'm down. So, yeah. So, our next episode will be Silent Hill. And then our episode after that is our video game episode where we are going to each bring five video games apiece to talk about on that show. It's going to be fucking super fun. So, if you're into horror video games, you should get a blast out of it. If you're not, and maybe you want to get into it, hopefully we'll have some good recommendations for you. Didn't I already pick mine? Yes, and mine. Send me those. I think we all picked ours. What the already, fuck I do you hope. mean? You need me to send it to you? It's in the group chat. <laughs> what Is the it? fuck? Yes. <laughs> fuck oh, you talking about, <laughs> homie? Oh my lord! I, I thought you stopped you doing guys. drugs. I did, man. I've got to remember so much shit these days. Like I never thought in my life that I would have to fucking have a calendar. A physical calendar, not on my phone, but a physical calendar uh, to keep up with shit that I got going on. I yeah. never thought I'd have to do that in my life. I've got, I've got one of those too. In fact, I need to erase some things on there because my Strangers Blu-ray from Screen Factor came in, and my Cat of Nine Tales from Arrow came in. So now I'm just waiting for Itchy Nine. the Killer and Behind the Mask. 
I I'm gonna get behind the mask. And when does that that comes out? The end of the uh, month, right? Twenty first. Yeah. No, twenty yeah. seventh. Twenty seventh. I have uh, Ultimate Versus in a steel book being shipped to me that I bought what? out of one what of the groups it? I'm in. Ultimate Versus. What is that? I know I know of a movie called so, Versus. So it's the ultimate. It's the all the extra content version of Versus. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's it's in a steel book. I didn't even know that existed. And I got it for like thirteen bucks shipped to my door. So I'm pretty happy about that. Nice. What region is that? Is it region fucking B or No, it's A. It's it's oh, ours. Shit. Yeah. Well, behind the mask it says March twenty seventh. Yeah, I already yeah, corrected myself on that one. Because I'm looking at my Amazon and then I've got the burbs coming on March twentieth. Uh, nice. Yeah, March twentieth I've got Itchy the Killer. Four K restoration, four K scan. It's not a 4K Blu-ray, just regular Blu-ray, but it's a 4K scan, and I can't wait to see if it makes that movie look any better because that movie does not look that great uh, on the DVD. Uh, there's some scenes that just look kind of really bad, so I'm hoping it improves some things, but I love that movie, so I cannot wait for that to come in. I saw somebody nice. do something in one of the groups where they were doing a comparison of one of the scenes from Itchy and then one from the original Blu-ray release, and I, and I was like, I mean, it looked different, but then I was like, that movie hasn't come out yet, has it? Uh, th there is a Blu-ray release, but it's uh, an earlier Blu-ray release, but it's super hard to find and super expensive. So most no, I'm people talking just... about like I'm talking about like from the new one. Oh well, I'm... no, Wells Wellgo USA put out screenshots. Oh okay, because I mean they were they were they were trying to show the difference in it, and uh, you know because somebody was selling that Blu-ray the 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 first Blu-ray release in yeah. the. Uh, and they were asking for an ungodly amount of money. Oh, God, and, yes. Uh, yeah, so I was like, screw that. And then I don't have a 4K TV, but I think I'm going to order that anyway. Yeah, that that that's a movie I would love to do on the show. Um, one, because I love fucking uh, Takashi Miike. Uh, no, he, he is, you cocksucker. Listen here. Okay. Have you seen his JoJo Bazaar's adventure live action movie? No, but he, all, he, okay, he literally put out so his hundredth film this year. His hundredth full link directed really movie. Good. I haven't it's seen it. That's really the other good. one I need. I need to order oh, that. Oh man, I bought the steelbook from Best Buy, blind, just because uh, it was him and it was Samurai's, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So uh, I mean, and that's not even including his TV work. Yeah, I know. It's based on a manga, and it definitely feels like you're watching a Asian comic book movie. Yeah. Like the character designs and shit is just fantastic. I mean, but like nonetheless, think about that. He's directed a hundred movies plus TV shows. Like, cause he did and he, and plus just not only just like single TV shows, but like full series, like he directed the entire MPD psycho, which is like six episode, like hour long shows. I believe yeah, I did that. You, you did that. You directed MPD psycho. <laughs> no, 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 no. I did it as well. Like he did it, but I also did it. Oh, so well, what that was that yours? Hold on. What, what was, was yours? It was called MPD psycho two. Okay. The return. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh. So now, for for yours, like, how did you handle the? Did you like go back and was like, man, I really want to do the flower pot children. Uh, so where, like the serial killer the has. Name, oh. And I recorded myself playing video games for an hour. Dude, if you actually want to read a really <laughs> fucked up manga, the MPD Psycho manga is super fucked up. I do like uh, fucked up like things. like one of the one of the early things that happens like the first manga is like the guy gets a like package in it it's a the cooler and he opens the cooler and it's his like fiance and her fucking arms and legs are cut off and wow, she's being like kept box, alive by like like it like 
in like by like an oxygen mask and like an IV and she's like just sitting in there in in a fucking pool of water. Brutal shit. But the MPD Psycho, the series is good, but the TV show, it's good, but it's a little fucking long. And unfortunately, there is no uncensored version of it because it was made for TV and Takashi Miike purposely uh, obscured things with, with like, like, you know when you're watching Japanese porn and all the genitals are blurred out? Yeah. They do that in the movie or in the TV show, and there's no uncut they version of it. They blur the genitals out? Uh, well, they, they blur out, like, uh, extreme gore, which really sucks for, like, a, a, a movie that has, or a TV show that has, like, people, like, the vic- the murdered victims are planted into the ground and their skulls are cut open and a plant's planted in there. And so you're just like, oh, that's so a cute plant. Like, you... uh, Motel Hell or whatever. Uh, yes, kind of like that. Except they're you actually their heads are not above the ground because they're already oh. dead, so they're underground. So it's just a flower. But then when you start digging, you'll like see that flower is planted in a brain, and then there's the whole fucking body underneath there. That's yay! Awesome. It's pretty. It's pretty awesome. So yeah, uh, but I think that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, we just kind of wanted to bullshit around a little bit after the interview. And yeah. uh, do a couple of little up- updates so you know what our next two shows are. Uh, who knows what we're going to do in April? Because I don't know yet. Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark. Oh, God. I'd play with her titties all day long. I think we should do the movie because wow. I've got it sitting right here. I bought it the other day for five bucks. Ah, okay. Well, maybe that's something we will get into. Uh, but, yeah, so for... I'd love to. <laughs> so for... Us that kill the cast, we just want to say thank you to everyone who asked questions. Thank you for everyone that's been supporting us, whether you post in the group, you listen to the shows, you you're on our Patreon. No matter what you do for us, even if even if you just listen to the show and don't even interact, thank you. We we couldn't be doing this without I mean we could, but it would be kind of dumb and pointless. So you you make you you're our reason. Like go listen to the song the reason by Hoobastank and just picture <laughs> us seeing that to you because except that song kind of sucks. So still anyway, the point is, is we love all of y'all. Thank you for your support. Uh, thank you for, for just, just everything you do for us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're checking out the YouTube channel. We've got cool stuff going on there. I know both Jay and I, didn't do this last top five. Uh, no, for I, uh, I've, I've been sick too. So he, he's been... been sick. I had some personal stuff going on in my life and I just did not have the time to do it. Um, yeah. Plus it, I, it was witches and I haven't seen enough movies. Like yeah. I've barely seen five, Here, witch movies. here's, and so here's it, our top five, witch movies. Okay. Warlock Halloween three season no. of the witch. <laughs> At number five, number four, Halloween three, season of the witch. <laughs> number three, Halloween three, season of the witch. Number two, Halloween three, season of the witch. And number one, Hocus Pocus. Thank you all for joining us on this episode of Kill the Cast. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Nathan. I hope all of you will will take up the mantle and support whenever they do something. They do a Kickstarter, whatever it is. We have to get behind that. We have to. You heard how hard it is how hard it's going to be for them to like stop their lives to go and make this. So if they actually go to do it, we all have to be there. I want all of you supporting pre-order a Blu-ray, throw them 10 bucks. Don't go out to eat like twice. 
Instead, give the, that $10 each time you'd go eat the fast food. Give it to them. You don't need it. Oh, uh, man. I'm definitely going to get fast food after this. Fair In enough. Of an angel. What he said. So, uh, <laughs> without further ado, make sure you check out the YouTube Make sure you give us iTunes reviews. Uh, we need to do a giveaway soon. Uh, so in the Facebook group, give me ideas of what y'all want for the next giveaway or what you want to do for the next giveaway. I already yeah. have a box of stuff to give away. So I just need to know what should we do? You know, interaction. Tell us. Um, thank you for everyone who participated in the birthday year bash. I'm super stoked y'all were involved in that. We'll be doing that again soon, except with a new, it'll be another bash, but it's not going to be a birthday bash. We'll see what the bash is. Uh, so guys, do y'all have anything to say? Jay, you got anything you want to say? Nah, thanks for listening, guys. We love you. We'll see you later. Uh, Kenneth, you got anything to say? Nah. No? Okay. Um, and I think I've said enough this entire fucking time. So, thank you everyone. We will see you next time on Kill the Cast, 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 Cast.